Welcome to Citroen Cooperman's Taxes in 10 podcast. I would now like to introduce our tax practice leader, Joe Bouble. Welcome to Citroen Cooperman's Taxes in 10 podcast. My name is Joe Bouble. I'm a tax partner in the New York City office. I'm also the firm's tax practice leader. This podcast is one of a series of three podcasts going over some international tax items that were enacted by the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act and also a refocusing on an exception that existed long before that law was passed. But today, we're going to talk about the guilty provisions. And to do that, we have Paul Daly, who is a tax partner that specializes in international tax in our New York City office. Paul, welcome. Thank you, Joe. Pleasure to be here. Thanks. Uh, we're, we're glad to have you here. So, Paul, this podcast will talk, as I said, about guilty. That stands for Global Intangible Low Taxed Income. Can you really tell us what that means and what it's intended for, and if it only applies to intellectual property? Thank you, Joe. That is really a misnomer. When you look at guilty, many people feel it's just intangible income that's taxed in a tax haven country. It's clearly not what it is. it applies to. In fact, it applies to all types of income over what's called a routine return. And routine return is really 10% of your tangible property placed in service. Anything other than that, over that, including consulting income, would be considered guilty income and subject to tax, and it doesn't have to be in a tax haven. It could be in any country. Okay, so what was the uh, purpose of the guilty provisions, and and what is now the result that people are dealing with? Well, if I can, the first thing, the result is really tantamount to worldwide taxation. I could have someone doing consulting income abroad, which otherwise would be totally appropriate, and still be considered subject to guilty income. I think the whole driver for guilty was really a result of the transition tax and the new territorial tax regime that really on parity that foreign corporations are not going to have, excuse me, U.S. corporations are not going to have an advantage or a disadvantage by operating abroad. So now with this guilty provision, you're basically in most situations, a U.S. shareholder is going to be considered subject tax on income of a foreign corporation that before this provision may not have been taxed until distributed. Okay. So then what sort of things trigger when the guilty applies? That's great. The first thing you have to have is what's called a controlled foreign corporation and a U.S. shareholder. Now, the definition of a controlled foreign corporation has been quite around for quite some time, but it's really where you have a foreign corporation that is owned by U.S. shareholders, 10% shareholders, more than 50%. Now, this determination is now by vote and or value, either one. Once you have this foreign corporation, this controlled foreign corporation, guilty could then apply. Okay. And so can you just briefly walk us through the mechanics of how it actually works? Absolutely. Thank you, Joe. You would look at corporations. What you really do is you now convert that for guilty purposes 
into what's called a U.S. company, meaning that you would apply similar tax principles. There's various exceptions. First, you would have what's called subpart F income that I'm not going to get into. But if you have subpart F income, guilty doesn't apply. But without that, guilty would apply. And effectively, you apply a taxable income analysis to the foreign corporation to determine what their taxable income would be if they were a U.S. corporation. You then have to take that over what's called their qualifying business asset base, which again is 10% of their assets placed in service. That number would then be subject to guilty tax. There is exceptions for interest expense, but basically what we find is really a taxable income computation for the foreign corporation. Okay, and is, is there any planning that somebody can do to mitigate uh, the effects of this provision? Absolutely, and that's where we come into play, meaning that right now, if you have an ordinary um, shareholder, an individual, guilty could be taxed at 37% ordinary income. There are ways around it. One way is the section 962 election that I'm gonna talk about briefly. Um, I'm gonna talk about in detail very soon. There's also other opportunities. One opportunity is called check the box. Because if you have a foreign corporation, you do nothing, you could be paying 37% tax without any benefit for the underlying taxes that that foreign corporation might be subject to. Check the box plan is effective in that what it does, no deferral, you pick it up. It's no longer a controlled foreign corporation. It's nothing more than a division. It's not a controlled foreign corporation, but the benefit of that, Joe, you know, is that you also get whatever taxes have been paid in the foreign country, you get a credit. So you really have one level of taxation at the higher rate whether it's the United States or the foreign company, but by check the box planning, you do at least get credit for the taxes, foreign taxes paid by the uh, foreign corporation in their jurisdiction. Okay, Paul, great, thanks. And as you said, you referred to the 962 election. That will be the subject of another podcast we're going to uh, release shortly. As well, we're also going to do one on FIDI, as I said earlier. So that will conclude today's podcast. Paul, thank you again for coming in and talking on this one. And I know you'll be on the other two, so we appreciate that. And everyone out there, uh, hope everyone and your families are doing well. Stay safe and carry on. Thank you. Joe, thank you. Thank you, everyone.